Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Hope everyone is having a good day. Happy Friday, maybe happy Saturday. Whatever you're listening to this, I greatly appreciate it. You listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to the 3 and Out feed. Uh, subscribe to the Volumes YouTube page. Subscribe to Richard Sherman's podcast. Watch him and KJ Wright. Can't recommend it enough. It was Him and KJ had excellent conversations. Especially if you're kind of a Seattle hater as I am. I've actually realized I'm probably more of a Russ hater, even though I liked him the majority of his career. Now I'm just on LOB side. So uh, I recommend it. it was a, it's a good football listen to two high-level football guys. Uh, big show coming up. Obviously react to the Thursday night Amazon game, which, you know, a little bit of a come down. It's like, you know, last week, Herbert, Mahomes, that game's like staying in the Four Seasons or the Ritz tonight was... You know, probably like staying in a decent Marriott. Still better than nothing. And listen, I'm a Marriott guy. So, you know, Marriott's a big difference. You, you can stay at like a JW or you can stay at like the Spring Hill Suites. I wouldn't say today was a Spring Hill Suites. Probably like the Courtyard, something like that. But uh, it's still football, so we'll dive into what we saw tonight. And then a lot of other stuff going on this weekend. We'll have Stucky on, talk a little gambling. Um, I, I've been terrible gambling. I mean, last week, I, I might take the week off. Actually, I probably won't because I'm going to Vegas. I'm just going to Vegas for actually 24 hours, leaving Friday day and coming back Saturday day. Just a quick little trip, quick little uh, iHeart uh, concert. Maybe, you know, staying at a casino, so we'll see if the night gets away from us. But appreciate everyone listening. Share with your friends, share with your enemies. Let's dive into some football. You know, I, watching the game as a as a podcaster, when that's your profession, you're constantly thinking, like, what do I want to talk about? And in a game like tonight, let's face it, last week, BP fastball on Thursday night. You had the first ever Amazon game, you had Patrick Mahomes, and you had the pretty legendary Justin Herbert performance with broken ribs or shattered rib cartilage or whatever he had going on. Tonight, you know, unless you're from the heartland, Pittsburgh, 
Ohio. It wasn't the greatest game, but there is a lot going on. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers against a team that we all know is really good in the Browns in terms of their roster. And they have a quarterback that we all can red flag as a human being, but we have to acknowledge when he comes back, they're going to be pretty good. I'm going to start, though, not with the winning team, but with the losing team. And one thing that hit me tonight, and I've been saying this forever, is that Mitch Trubisky is not very good. Nothing personal. Nothing against the guy. Honestly, the more good quarterbacks we have in this league, the better. I rooted for him when he was with the Bears. But it really struck me tonight. You know who's fantastic at their jobs? You know what organization is, I mean, clearly one of the best right now in the league? The Buffalo Bills. You know why? They draft well. They evaluate their own guys well. And they evaluate outside personnel well. That's the key to being a good organization, right? It's not just drafting well. It's not just deciding who to keep in your own team, but understanding what players on other teams are either undervalued or would be good values for your team. Think about what the Bills did a couple years ago. They traded the 22nd pick, turned out to be Justin Jefferson, for Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs has basically been their Justin Jefferson. What did they realize last year? You know what? We need a backup quarterback. Keyword there, backup. A guy who's going to be a good backup quarterback that if our star quarterback goes down, We could function. And you know who that guy was? Mitch Trubisky for $2.5 million. And then this other organization, let's face it, historically has been one of the best, not just in the National Football League, not just in pro sports, but been one of the model organizations in American business when it comes to consistency, right? Very stable. They can handle problems. They've had three coaches in the history of of the football team. That When you say the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether you work on Wall Street or whether you work in high school football, people go, yeah, it's a high-level place. I, I got to say, it feels like they're trending. Like, what are we doing? Sign Mitch Trubisky to be our starting quarterback? And listen, I judge you on your actions, not your words. They did not pay him starting quarterback money. They paid him, I think, basically the same as the Bills were paying him, $3 million bucks. So it's not like they gave him $15 million to be the bridge quarterback. But their actions, Tomlin was adamant he's our starting quarterback, and he keeps rolling with them. And listen, you you don't need to be some NFL personnel man to see Mitch can move around, pretty good athlete, pretty good arm. But you watch him, you go, I don't know if this guy's a very good quarterback. He can make a throw here, a throw there, a play here with his legs, but over the course of a game, because you have to remember, a game is not one drive. Any talented player in the NFL can have one drive. That's why so many, like, so many players, what's so unique about football is you can find a guy six foot five, 300 pounds, and you can just get him in a workout. And whether you're Bill Polian, Bill Belichick, or Billy Johnson down the street, you can figure out, God, that's a good athlete. Watch the guy move around. Take a DB type body, six feet, 190 pounds. He can just run in a straight line. It's why we've had so many workout warriors in the history of the sport of football, right? Guys from college that are average go work out well, and then they get drafted, and they're just not good NFL players. Like, you just watch Mitch move around, and you go, God, it's a pretty talented guy. But the sport of football encapsulates more than just your athletic attributes, your arm strength. Like, you have to play the game. You have to physically handle everything that's being thrown at you, right? If you're a quarterback, guys chasing you, stepping up in the pocket, then mentally reading defenses, make the right checks, and then physically be accurate with a football. And I just watched Mr. Bisky, and he's just not that good. 
Now, when it comes to a backup quarterback, I would take him as my backup quarterback every day because he can just function. Most backup quarterbacks, you're immediately losing, right? It's immediately a loss. That's not necessarily Mitch. But if Mitch has to start five games, seven games, a season, and your team isn't basically flawless, never forget, years ago when the Bears won 12 games, I think it was, their defense with Vic Fangio was dominant. I'm pretty sure they led the league that year in defensive touchdowns. Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson had like 10 picks. They were kicking ass and taking names. You know, the Steelers, I removed T.J. Watt. Like, that's a problem. If I go to the Rams and I remove Aaron Donald, we got issues. And ultimately, Mitch Trubisky is just not good enough to overcome those. And Najee's banged up. They're just not the same. But they are making a mistake every game they start him. Like, you drafted a guy 20th overall who the 49ers, when they sat him behind Jimmy Garoppolo, it made sense, right? Trey Lance was a one-year starter. He needed a lot of work. It just, he was a total project. Jimmy got to start. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a lot of equity. It makes no sense here. Mitch Trubisky has no equity with the team. He's like a $3 million player. Why would you take a guy 20th overall who's a several-year starter, even if you're like, well, you know, he doesn't have the highest ceiling, whatever. What's the point in waiting? I I just do not understand. And you're going to lose game after game consistently if you roll out Mitch Trubisky. Hell, the one game they've won against the Cincinnati Bengals Burrow threw like 25 interceptions in the first half, and they couldn't get a sizable lead because Mitch and their offense is just so average. And you can blame the coordinator, and that always happens. Do you know when a lot of coordinators look shitty? Unless you're Russell Wilson's coordinators all those years in Seattle, when your quarterback sucks. You know when your coordinators usually look pretty good? When you have like a top 10 quarterback. I mean, this this isn't rocket science. There's only so many coordinators who can take Jimmy Garoppolo and make Super Bowl runs, right? That, that doesn't usually happen. Even Sean McVay, by the end, with Jared Goff, was losing his mind. Most it, Kyle, there's a reason they drafted Trey Lance, right? You Everyone's searching for that top quarterback. And everyone, and listen, I don't follow the Pittsburgh Steelers like any Pittsburgh Steeler fan listening, and I know you guys kind of have a, a hard-on when it comes to Matt Canada sucks. But, like, I watched their quarterback situation. I don't know what he can do. I mean, Mitch is not good, just like Roethlisberger wasn't good last year. And they're, they're not going to make the playoffs if they do not make a quarterback switch. And even that doesn't guarantee them anything. But they got no chance with the guy they're rolling out right now. And on the flip side, a lot of props to Jacoby Brissett. He played very, very well tonight. And one thing's pretty clear. We knew this, but once you see it, it's very evident. The Browns are stacked. And they are actually built for a credible, functional, backup, fringe starting quarterback. Why? They have the best one-two running back combination in the league. I had a buddy who uh, is a you know not a GM. He's like the number two with his organization. And we were talking like a week ago. And we were talking about the best running backs in the league. He's like, I, I think the two best guys, and this is before, you know, this culture in shambles, were, were Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. He's like, you know, you look at Derrick Henry, the arrow's probably pointing the other way. Those guys are complete backs. And in fairness to Jonathan Taylor, who's a stud, love that guy, they're, you got Matty Ice, you got Frank, that, that offense is in shambles. Stefanski, that guy can dial up the run game. And you watch Nick Chubb, and his backup is Kareem Hunt, best one-two combination in the league. Amari Cooper, one of the more bizarre players, and I've watched his career start to finish. Big-time talent. In a weird way, he's been very productive. I mean, very productive in his career, yet he still feels like an underachiever, but he's a really good player. I know Najoku drives people nuts with the Browns. Freak talent. 
Obviously, their offensive line's good. Miles Garrett is just a monster. They got other dudes in that front seven. They got good DBs. Like, this team is equipped to just handle a quarterback playing under control. Now, we've seen Jacoby over the years get in over skis, throw some picks. But if you can run the ball, and right before basically that final joke drive and when the Steelers punted back to him, Hunt, and I, I, I went to the box score, uh, Chubb and Hunt had 19 and 11, so they had 30 carries. They definitely ended up with more than 30 carries. To me, if they can get to 30-plus carries a game, they're going to be very competitive with anyone they play, and they're going to play a lot of teams with way less talent. This team, it's not crazy to me that they win until Deshaun Watson gets back. And you could argue Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in almost two years. This notion that he's just going to come back and hit the ground running, we saw him, I know it was a preseason game, but you could tell he was tense. Can you imagine just inserting this guy? What's he been doing? Training on the side with Quincy Avery, throwing balls to random dudes who aren't playing in the NFL? That ain't the same of what Jacoby is doing. Now, clearly, from a ceiling standpoint, if he's playing well, he's dramatically better, but we haven't seen the guy play in a long, long time. So if they keep going as they're going, and they're not going to not be competitive as long as they stay relatively healthy because they're too stacked, I, th- I think Stefanski's a pretty good coach. Like, it's pretty clear that last year, Baker's not that good. Like, right now, Jacoby Brissett, the way he's playing, is a better player than Baker Mayfield. He's clearly just a more consistent human being. And uh, got to give the Browns props, not for the, the move with Deshaun Watson. I never would have done it. But just the team that they've built, the team they have together, and clearly they had a lot of faith in Jacoby, and it's kind of proving to not be the wrong decision. And I'll say this. Two games I went back and peeked at, because everything, everyone was like, oh my God, this was a crazy ending. One was the Falcons and the Rams. Pretty nut, nutty ending, right? They had the punt blocked. Uh, Cooper, uh, not Cooper Cup, fumbles the ball. Like, it was batshit crazy. Like, they were killing them, and then some turnovers made it close. To me, the Jets' comeback was a little freakish. One, there was a blown coverage. Flacco hits the guy for like 50, 60 yards. Then they get an onside kick right at their star receiver, but it's like, hey, Stefanski, if you've been watching Amari Cooper for a long time, to me, he's not an onside kick type guy. That's that's not that's a Larry Fitzgerald thing. That's a Julio Jones thing. That ain't Amari Cooper's deal. And listen, it's not everyone's deal, but maybe Hopkins in Arizona, he would be cut out to do onside kicks. Jerry Rice, I mean, that ain't Amari Cooper. So I put that on the coaches as much as I put it on Amari. You, I, I blame coaches for putting players who aren't equipped to do certain things in the wrong decision. Either way, that was a pretty freaky ending. I know a lot of people are like, Nick Chubb should have gone out of bounds. Well, yeah, if you're like up one and it makes it still a one-score game, it made it a two-score game. It was 14 points if the dude just hits the extra point. No problem with Nick Chubb scoring. My, my, ultimately, my point is, they easily could be 2-0. and Like, I actually thought the Browns looked pretty damn good in that game. Just a crazy implosion at the end, which was a pretty freaky implosion. Took a blown coverage and an onside kick. That's going to happen once like every other season. So, to me, the Steelers got to make a quarterback change very quickly. And the Browns, like, I don't think they're going away even with their backup quarterback. Football season's underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today, get started, $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Promo code, though, is Colin to get in on the action. Always Colin. Turn game day into payday. Win totals, division winners, player props, week one spreads and totals. 
Play your way, bet on more than just the final score. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with Same Game Parlay, my fave. Now, FanDuel is also live in Kansas, baby. Don't fumble your chance. 150 bucks in free bets, win or lose, promo code Colin. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long long way away with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash JOHN. 
That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, one story I saw, and listen, this guy is, you know, basically John Gruden, but he's actually good at his job. He's the guy that's out of football, uh, and I'm talking about John Gruden, not currently, but back when he was doing Monday Night Football, and it was just a constant hype machine of like, is the University of Tennessee, USC, the Dallas Cowboys, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, finally the Raiders got him, and it was just always who's going to hire John Gruden. And it turned out that was the wrong move. The difference is Sean Payton has a 15-year history of consistently winning. <laughs> you know, Both have Super Bowl champions, but one guy like Sean Payton's a better coach. I don't even think it's really debatable. And Sean Payton was asked on a podcast. Sorry, I didn't write down the podcast. I watched the clip. A couple local guys from New Orleans. I, I know they covered the Saints. so they, They've known Sean a long time, I'm sure. Uh, bad Big J here. Uh, that's why I don't consider myself a journalist. I am not not good at the ins and outs of the profession. Uh, I just talk, and uh, I know you're supposed to give credit where credit is due. So I apologize. I know a lot of people give this podcast credit, and I appreciate it. But uh, so he said on the podcast that w- when he was asked about what it, whether he would return, basically if the right situation came up, he would obviously be very interested. And I think any time that you take a step away from whatever you're doing, it can help give you clarity of what to look for. And I mean, obviously when you're a coach, especially of his kind of stature and you have the juice and the gravitas that Sean Payton would wield anytime he would be interested in a job. Like, let's face it, if you ever wanted to land Lincoln Riley, he was going to have a checklist of some things he wanted, right? Like when Texas wanted Nick Saban, it was, they were going to have to bend over backwards separate for money. So obviously when you're a coach of Sean Payton's stature, there would be a couple must-haves, right? One, the money slash the owner, right? I mean, he's a 15 to $18 million a year coach. You got to have the cash to pay it. And he's going to judge you, what you bring to the table, your resources, and two, the quarterback, right? Like, I, listen, I think the older we get, we all have things we look for whether it be in business dealings, whether it be employment. Like, I know I have a couple deal breakers that I don't even mess with. You know, obviously some things are just black and white. Is it worth it? Is this enough money? Uh, If if you're just paying for me a one-off thing on a given week. And listen, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I say no to things all the time. I did something involved the 49ers this fall that wasn't of interest to me. And honestly, the money was a smaller portion as my time. 
if you're going to get my time, is this worth it for me? Like, what am I getting out of this, right? And it's why typically when I do business deals, like I got to have some equity. And I'm not acting like I'm Warren Buffett here, but I got to have equity in the juice or it's not worth it because the most valuable thing I have is my time. It's the one thing I've learned in my 30s as I'm really not that far away from my 40s. I turned 38 here in a couple of weeks. In time, like this could end at any moment. Like I'm talking life. So anything that you give time to, you better see some value in it. And I think the faster you realize that, like, okay, if I'm going to, and no one dedicates more of their time than a football coach, is this worth it for me? Now, obviously, he's operating at a different financial level than 99.9% of the humans. One, he's already ultra rich. And two, if he does come back, he will get an enormous contract. But like, as we just saw with John Gruden, got $100 million, it was a disaster. The situation was not set up to succeed. Dealing with the owner, the move, like it, it was a, it was a bumpy road. Even if he knew what he was doing, let alone like if he had his struggles, it was a disaster. And I think the faster you realize exactly what you want in life and what you are looking for, the easier it is to operate. And the less you get caught up with the unknown, the uncertain, like should I do this? Should I not do this? And to me, if I'm Sean Payton, the owner and the quarterback are basically all that matters. Because if you're willing to pay me, you're willing to give me enormous resources to hire my staff, and I know what I'm looking for. But the number one thing you can have is being quarterback unknown, quarterback purgatory, and then be lost. It's why I actually don't see him as a fit with the Cowboys, because dealing with Jerry. And let's face it, like, is Dak Prescott that good? Is Dak Prescott that good? He's solid, like you can compete, but like if you're Sean Payton, you're coming back, you want to win another Super Bowl. You want to win another Super Bowl. Now, the one job that could intrigue him, if eventually he gets to a spot where the team has the number one overall pick, and he can take a quarterback he likes, and basically just groom the guy he wants. Like to me, that would be a curveball in this situation. A couple years ago, the Jags job, Urban Meyer took it. Why? Because they had the number one overall pick. He would not have taken the Jags job if they had the seventh overall pick. Now, it turns out, Urban Meyer was completely over his skis. But let's face it, Trevor Lawrence was the reason he took the job. So to me, the job to keep an eye on would be the Chargers. Because is Brandon Staley cut out to be a playoff coach? We would say after year one when he lost to Rich Passaccia on week 18, you would say no. Now, maybe this year he changes the course. He should. He has one of the best teams in the league. But his quarterback's already banged up. His offensive line's already banged up. Like, they're the Chargers. They consistently lose a lot. Now, the problem there, if you're Sean Payton, is like their owner is historically cheap. He struggles with spending money. People are like, well, he spends money on the players. Yeah, everyone spends money on the players. This is the National Football League. He doesn't spend money on the coaches. So would he be willing to pay? Like right now, Brandon Staley, my guess, makes $6 million. Would he be willing to maybe pay 3x that? Uh, because that's profits he gets to, he gets to pocket. That's money, and really profit, like, keeps in the savings account. That would be the question mark on Sean Payton, because to me, that would be the number one job I would be interested in, the Chargers. L.A., big market, Justin Herbert. Uh, Because if you're going to go all, if you're going to come back, like, it takes a lot of time. Like, I knew people that work with John Gruden. He was making a ton of money at ESPN and working for Corona Light. When he came back, he worked crazy hours. Like, you don't half in, half out being a football coach. When you do that, you fail. Uh, but I, I believe Sean Payton will come back, but I don't think it's a lock that he comes back this year because if the situation isn't right, it doesn't make sense. 
Don't just take, obviously, sometimes you got to take a job because you need a job. You need money. You need income, of course. But if you do have the flexibility to, to be choosy, you know, take your time. Ha- find the right fit. Uh, another thing that I've noticed is two teams this week, a lot of people have anointed. Now, one team I thought was going to be really good. I'd argue they're even better than I thought the Eagles. Another team that I was questionable that, listen, you get a win like that against the Ravens, I, I got to take you as like a legitimate playoff contender. Now, I don't think you're going to beat the Bills. They play the Bills this week, the Dolphins, but could you get to 10 or 11 win, wins? Hell yeah. I mean, you got all those offensive weapons, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. But I'm always fascinated by this. And I think you see it in society a lot, people that are new, new to money, right? A small percentage of people that are new to money handle it really well. A lot of people blow it. They buy stupid shit. A lot of them blow money and then lose it all, right? A lot of people don't handle success well. In fairness, there is not a playbook. They don't teach you that in academia. Hey, when, when you make uh, when you go from making 50K to making $2 million, here's what you should do, right? It's another thing when you look at your bank account, like, what do I want to do? What do I want to buy, <laughs> right? No different than like, you're a backup, then all of a sudden you're a starter, then all of a sudden you're good, and everyone's anointing you. It's hard because the wind blows the hardest at the top of the mountain, right? When you're good, when you're successful, everyone then is gunning for you. It's easy when you're the little dog and you just get to swing, right? It's one thing like you if anyone listening to this that has little dogs and you take the little dog for a walk, what do those little dogs do when they see the big-ass dogs? They bark. They go nuts, but it's like if they actually had to get into a fight with that big pit bull, with that lab, with whatever big dog, they would lose. But they sure act tough, you know, when they're far away on a leash. It changes if you put them into a, into a fence. No leashes, just the two dogs. They, they would run to the corner real quick. And I'm always fascinated by teams, once they start having success, how they react. Now, I think the Eagles and the Dolphins both had a little success last year, right? The Eagles made the playoffs because nine got you in in the NFC. The Dolphins also won nine, though the AFC was harder to make, so they didn't make the playoffs. But these teams have won some games last year with the core guys. And then especially the Dolphins, they had Tyree Kill. Like all Tyree Kill's been doing for the last five, six years is winning and winning big. Like that, that guy is used to playing in late January, early December. So they have guys that know how to win. Obviously, some of those core Eagle guys, Fletcher Cox, Kelsey, I mean, those guys have won a Super Bowl, right? And I'm fascinated to watch how people react when they're put in this situation. The Eagles uh, play the Commanders, who had a pretty embarrassing loss last week to the Lions. Not because they lost the game, but someone that bet on the game kind of got pushed around. Kind of got, you know, they, they were... That was bad. Like, the Lions ran circles around them. Now, the Dolphins, what I'll be interested here is they're playing Buffalo. And Buffalo is destroying people right now. They look like, as Ray Lewis once told the Stanford Cardinal in a uh, in the Final Four of the NIT, be pissed off for greatness. And it feels like the Buffalo Bills right now are pissed off for greatness. They are not effing around. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, are the Eagles just going to be cruised to 14 wins? If Jalen Hurts plays like that, it's very sustainable, right? They're good on defense. They got playmakers everywhere. They can score. They can run the ball. Their quarterback can run. They got weapons outside. They kind of got it all. They, they have a well-balanced operation. 
plus their division, let's face it. I know the Giants are 2-0, and but Dayball's coaching, you know, out of his butt right now. They're not that good. They don't have a quarterback. The Cowboys, I mean, to me, they look like a 7-8 win team. And the Commanders just cannot be trusted. Even though the Commanders actually have some talent. But listen, when I say can't be trusted, it's like at any moment, Wentz can just play pretty average. He's the thing, like, I want to buy into the Commanders, but he's the reason I'm leery. He's the reason I'm hesitant. So I, I'm fascinated by both these two teams, how they react. You know, if they keep winning, like they're going to keep getting anointed. Now, I, I'm not expecting the Dolphins to win this game, but if they can play well coming off an emotional win like that, I'll be impressed. Same thing with the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles went into that game, Monday Night Football, ton of hype, a lot of people picking the Vikings, and then they kind of brought it. And now both these two teams, like Vikings, or I mean, uh, Dolphins, Eagles, two lock playoff teams. Now, the Eagles should get there just because of the division. The Dolphins, though, I'm I'm still I, I'm I'm still interested to watch how this thing plays out. The cr- best part about the NFL, and I've been saying it forever, is just how important games are. Uh, people always push back when I'm like, the games in baseball just do not matter. They're like, yes, they do. They matter. September 22nd. I'm like, no, you, you play 162 games. Not one individual game actually matters. Actually, some weeks don't matter. I remember this season, like the Yankees. Lost like seven straight games and like nine of ten. It's just completely irrelevant. It just does not matter. Hell, the Dodgers might win like 113, 115 games. They could easily lose in the first round of the playoffs. Like it just, the regular season is so irrelevant in baseball. And listen, you're talking to a millennial who still is interested in baseball. I enjoy watching Aaron Judge. In basketball, the players literally don't play. Like the the regular season basketball, even the NBA is admitted, has never meant less. In football, every game matters. Now, ultimately, in football, individual weeks, when you look back at the season, don't necessarily matter because unlike college football, you're allowed to lose games. You could have an elite season and lose five games and go 12-5. and five. So, obviously, some games mean a little bit more, but every game matters, you know, because you got to stack wins. You only get 17 games. And plus, games really matter when you've lost a couple. And I look at some teams here. One, first with the Raiders. And I talked about it earlier this week, the difference between Dayball and Josh McDaniels. Like, And listen, I was guilty. I thought Josh McDaniels would just come to the Raiders. They'd be like a 10-11 win team, be an easy playoff team for the next couple of years. Well, you start 0-2, all of a sudden you're a road loss away from the Titans to being 0-3. Now, I think we all acknowledge, you watch the Titans, they don't look good. I thought coming into the season they would take a step back. Their quarterback's very average, and he does not have A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry, let's face it, the, the, the peak days are probably over. Defensively, they're pretty bad. So the Titans, like the Raiders are favored on the road for a reason. But I've been watching the Raiders pretty closely for like a decade. They are never a shoe-in to just travel multiple time zones and win games. But their urgency and their must-win status in this game is undeniable. <laughs> I mean, you cannot start... If you start 0-3, I can't take you seriously. And the other thing is... I've been saying this for a while. I said it earlier in the week. Josh McDaniels kept saying, like, we got to learn how to win. We got to learn how to win. No, Josh, you have to learn how to win. I saw Max Crosby. I saw Hunter Renfro. I saw Derek Carr. I saw Darren Waller win games and make the playoffs last year. I watched Devontae Adams be the second best player on one of the best teams in the league for the last three years, average 13 wins a game or a season. So I was like, they know how to win. I literally saw all those guys. You're the guy who the last time you were a head coach, you lost. You won for a little bit. I think you started 6-0 of your career or 5-1 and one or something. But it turns out you were stealing signs, 
And then once you kind of got popped, you started losing and didn't know what and lasted another like, uh, I think he lasted a year and a half. So you are the question mark. And the urgency in Vegas has to be high, especially now that Mark, Mark Davis is a champion. Mark Davis brought a championship WNBA to, uh, to Vegas. So props to Mark Davis. Saints at Carolina. I think both these teams got to feel some urgency. First and foremost, the Saints, like everyone's like, oh, the Saints, they can win the division. The Saints can win the division. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> no way. Dennis Allen. Well, as I said last week, Dennis Allen actually is not their biggest problem. It's Jameis Winston. Now, in fairness to Jameis Winston, he's dealing with back issues. Now he's got, I think it was an ankle issue. Like he's, he's banged up. Jameis Winston is injured. Well, your quarterback, who already was somewhat of a question mark, because part of the reason he had success last year, Sean Payton, who now is going to be, you know, he's on Fox and going to be a coach somewhere else here soon. Like, you you got offensive question marks. I don't trust this guy in big games. And then you got the Carolina Panthers, who, let's face it, they're, they got two guys who the urgency is insanely high. First and foremost, their head coach. Most people are like, oh, Matt Rule, probably the next coach in Nebraska. Matt Rule, probably the next coach at Auburn. Matt Rule, probably the next coach, some college job. I think most people around football, whether you work in the NFL, whether you cover football, hell, probably players, you just assume Matt Rule will not be in the NFL next year because he'll be fired and he will be coaching in college. Well, why is he going to be fired? Because his team consistently sucks. Now, I went out on a limb. I picked the Carolina Panthers to win the division. Looks pretty bad, like an awful pick. Because Tampa's going to win the division. Uh, But I had to be a little different. Wanted to throw a curveball. And honestly, I've watched them pretty closely through the first two games. Could be 2-0. But listen, if them butts had candy and nuts, we all know the deal. You know, close does not get you wins in the NFL. And they lost last week to the Giants. So I question how good they are. The other thing is Baker Mayfield. Like part of this is Baker Mayfield was going to go to Carolina and he had the opportunity to resurrect his career. He gets traded for, immediately beat Sam Darnold out, even before Sam Darnold got hurt. It was like, you know, Baker Mayfield has a solid season, gets them to nine-ish wins. They compete for a wild card spot. All of a sudden, Baker Mayfield's career is back on track. So you got a coach who looks like he's going to get fired if he loses this game. Not He might not get fired after this game, though, not that far away. Like, how many games can he lose to start the season for him to keep his 0-4? Is he getting fired? 0-5? Is he getting fired? I remember seeing an 0-4 coach, Dennis Allen, years ago get fired with the Raiders. So when you're already on the hot seat and you already have pressure and then you make a trade like this and it's not going well, like you go 0-3, is 0-4, is Matt Rule getting fired? Now, Baker Mayfield isn't necessarily going anywhere this year, but like his career, I think we have to start questioning, is Baker Mayfield just going to turn into a really good backup? Or quarterback position, you know, 25 through 32, so shitty he'll just start somewhere? I don't know. But it's it's not going well, especially if they lose this game. And then last but not least, KC at Indy. Uh, KC is one of the, I mean, let's face it, they are, they've turned into one of the most consistent operations in the NFL. I, I was texting, uh, I've actually never met the guy in person, but we play golf at the same spot in, in California, Daniel Del Scalso. He played at UC Davis, played for the St. Louis Cardinals for a long time. Uh, played in the big leagues for like uh, almost a decade. He went to a UC Davis guy, Bay Area guy. And I, I was watching the Padre Cardinal game, and I just texted him. I'm like, how are the Cardinals always so good? And he's like, it just starts with the organization, what they teach in the minor leagues, the the detail, the execution, the importance of winning. 
uh, their leadership of guys like Wainwright and Yadier Molina. They're always aggressive. Now they have Goldsmith and Arenado. They're just a high-level organization. And because people always like, well, when's the last time they won a World Series? I don't know. They, they, they win every fucking year. Like when's, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs have literally won one Super Bowl in 50 years, right? But since Andy Reid has got there, their standard is insanely high. They just consistently win games. And once they got Patrick Mahomes, they consistently kick ass and take names. They've won the division six straight years for a reason. And let's face it, they are the pick right now to win the division again. And I don't know how you would pick any of the other three teams, even though it's clear the Chiefs' offense, probably not as potent, but their defense is a lot better. And they got the best coach of the division by a wide margin. But Indianapolis, I've said over and over, I think sometimes when you're a good guy, People naturally root for you, as we should. We should root for good people. But the simple reality in the business world is like being a good guy, being a bad guy, doesn't necessarily determine success. A lot of bad people have been very successful in every industry, right? And a lot of good people suck at their job. And the thing with football, ultimately you're judged on wins and losses. Some people are better than other people. Some people, like everyone that's ever met Andy Reid, they go, great guy. Doesn't get any better. I can attest. High-level human being treats people really well. There have been a lot of coaches over the years who I think would qualify under, yeah, not the greatest guy, who've won Super Bowls, who are successful, right? And it's no different in any industry of anyone that's listening, whether you're in medical field, whether you're in car, you own car dealerships, whatever. It does not matter. And Frank, I think... Listen, I don't follow the Colts that closely, but fall football for a living. Obviously, he's a good guy, a good person. But we're not sure he's a good coach. And we're starting to get more and more evidence that he might be over his head. And some of it might be they can't find a quarterback, whatever. They keep trading for the quarterbacks he wants. I want Rivers. I want Wentz. Let's go get Matt Ryan. And it doesn't work. And to me, like they're huge underdogs this week at home. You know, I think numbers been between six and seven all week playing the Chiefs as they should be because the Chiefs, one of the highest level organizations in the league, the Colts kind of get fit. They feel like they get anointed like that, yet they don't ever make the playoffs. <clears throat> so to me, if Frank Reich loses this game and let's say gets his ass kicked at home, are we sure Frank has a job Monday at lunch? Cause I, I wouldn't be their owners unpredictable. Um, I just think that this these teams, the Colts, the Panthers, and the Vegas Raiders, I mean, no one's going to get fired with the Raiders, but I think we would start going, does Josh know what he's doing? And especially to a Tennessee team that's not very good. Carolina and Indy, I mean, are, are there coaches? Both coaches, it's not out of the realm possibility, could be fired on Monday. Uh, last but not least, before we get into Stucky, the Packer-Tampa game this week. Tampa has had an impressive start, right? Everything that happened with Brady, I've said over and over, I don't care who you are, how much you can compartmentalize, how much you can focus. You start having issues with a significant other, it's a drain, right? Listen, I, I've had, to me, significant others and and, and uh, parent stuff, It's it takes a lot out of you. When people get sick, people get divorces, we, we've all, once you get to a certain age, we've all experienced it. We all can relate to losing a parent, knowing someone that got divorced, having someone go to the hospital. It's a lot. I don't care how mentally tough you are. 
how much you can push your emotions to the side. It's hard. And when Tom Brady, what he was going through with Giselle, I'm like, I, listen, this guy, his resume speaks for itself, but this is a lot. And somehow he's able to overcome it. He is just a fucking robot. And Tampa's, really, their offense has been hit or miss, partly because their offensive line is a major question mark. But their defense is awesome. Like, <laughs> you don't need to be Sean Payton on a Fox studio breaking down the games to realize it is hard to move the ball against Tampa. Their front is awesome. Devin White is all over their field. Their DBs make plays left and right. Todd Bowles is one of the best coordinators in the league. It's been one of the best units now for two or three years running since Brady got there. They are, they're a machine. They're physical. They're fast. They can rush the passer. They can cover. They can do it all. Well, part of the reason that Green Bay, they didn't want to trade Devontae. Devontae wanted out, and, and they transitioned. And when they transitioned away from him and they traded him, they wanted to become a more physical team, as we've talked about, that translates more to the playoffs, and to be able to hang with the big dogs, right? And even though they are a big dog, but when they've been in these big games, playoff-wise, Tampa a couple years ago, the 49ers last year, they just don't win them. So they've kind of built their team, in theory, a little bit like them. Well, now we get to see it. Because you would say, I'll give them a little pass week one. Last week they or last year they mailed in week one, didn't phase them. Rodgers won the MVP. They were the one seed. This year, that that was like Minnesota Super Bowl. I mean, they Minnesota played a perfect game, kicked their ass. It happened. Well, last week playing the Bears, who aren't any good, the Packers just you know got the train back on the tracks. Well, this week you're playing Tampa, who opens up Sunday night football against the Cowboys, and then last week had you know a massive game. They played a team on the road that's basically their rival now. Their divisional rival. It's become a war zone on the on the turf, and they won. So they're 2-0 and off pretty two emotional games. Week one, proving that, like, Brady's okay, we'll be okay, we kicked the Cowboys' ass. Then last week, we play a heavyweight fight against our division rivals. I wouldn't say this is a letdown game because it is the home opener, but let's face it, the pirate ship in Tampa isn't exactly, you know... LSU at night, you know, isn't exactly uh, the big house against Ohio State. It's it's a pretty shitty home field advantage. And this is a game that I'm fascinated to watch the Packers. I think they can win, but the way they're built actually plays into Tampa's hand. Now, this is going to be a low-scoring game because Green Bay, in theory, should be able to hold and corral Tampa's offense. But is Aaron Rodgers... Now, there are a ton of injuries. As of recording this... All the wide receivers on both teams have been banged up. Obviously, Mike Evans is suspended. I, I just this is one of the best games of the weekend. Uh, Fox primetime. Burkhart Olson used to say Buck Aikman, but I, to me, this is Green Bay has morphed a little bit into what Tampa is—the physical defensive team that has no problem playing a lower scoring game. In theory, we're going to see now if it works. I kind of like Green Bay in this spot. Uh, but from a gambling standpoint, I, I wouldn't put any money on them. The, the spread right now, I think, is Green Bay, as of recording this, minus uh, minus one, or maybe plus one, excuse me. So usually you just get you know, two big-time teams, usually it's just natural minus three uh, for Tampa, but all the injuries, you're missing all these wide receivers. Can Green Bay get after Brady? Uh, time will tell. And the one thing you know, even when you can get after Brady, they will just run quick plays. And that, that's where Tom's so special. But, I mean, Rodgers will do the same thing. I, uh, I'm pretty excited for Packers at Tampa Bay.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long long way away with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where... A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
back at it with my man, and he's he's red hot. He's five and one on the season. Um, Stucky, you can find him on the Action Network, Action Network podcast. Um, you can find him all over the place on Twitter. He, he's a gambling fanatic. You can also find him talking big bets on campus. He lives in Lexington, Kentucky, just a football power now. Used to be known as a basketball area, but I might say Mark Stoops is past Calipari. Uh, he's got a big bar downtown, so you can, uh, you know, I wouldn't say drinks are on him. He'll he'll charge you, but if you're having a good time, you never know. Stucky, what's happening? What's going on, brother? Uh, no, that drinks. Uh, you mentioned this podcast or my podcast. Come visit. Drinks are always on me. Um, what's the bar, if anyone's ever in Lexington? Uh, two of them. My wife runs uh, part owner of Stagger Inn and Two Keys, which just opened again. It was Two Keys Tavern was a staple here for like 55 years and for- unfortunately had to close during the pandemic, but has recently just reopened. That's more of a, that's, that's like a pure college bar, but it's massive. There's outdoor dance. There's, and there's a huge sports portion. And then stagger downtown is more of a upper twenties, thirties. Well, I'm in my thirties sports bar Saturday nights, you know, like live country band, stuff like that. So yeah, if you ever in town, hit me up on Twitter. Um, what, kind of, what kind of specials you guys got going this weekend? Uh, for like drinks. Yeah, I would I, call, no, I, nothing like good college bar specials. It's always like seven beers for eight dollars, you know, or just like three yeah, if, vodka sodas for nine bucks. I would. Uh, I wish I knew, but we. I drink like I'll drink like double Tito's, yellow Red Bulls, like a college kid when I'm out for like <laughs> fifteen hours, and obviously a discount. And I have no idea what what they even cost, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what the special. But there's usually special at Stagger and the college bars. Yeah, they, they have like the fish bowls too and all that stuff. So um, yeah, come check it out, but uh, excited to, I'll be there down there Sunday too for NFL. And I'm going to talk a lot about week. We're talking a lot about week three today and, you know, overreactions, underreactions in a week to week market. I'm like nine and one this year in the NFL. So I'm going to talk about how some teams are going to regress. So maybe it's time to fade me, but we'll see. Hopefully we can keep it going. (laughs) Okay. Let's uh, let's dive right in. You're five and one on this show. Uh, I actually watched because I look up last week on Sunday, Rams are kicking their ass. You had the Falcons 10 and a half. I, coming into the season, I thought the Falcons suck. Threw on that game second half yesterday. They're blocking punts. Mariota uh, looks pretty capable. Drake London's making some plays. Obviously, Kyle Pitts. I'm actually not, I wouldn't say bullish on Atlanta, but they might be better than I thought. Um, Playing Seattle, which I think it's fair to say they treated week one like the Super Bowl. That might be the peak of their season. Uh, Atlanta at Seattle. That The Seattle crowd, what they gave Russell Wilson, I don't know if we ever see that again this season. Uh, safe to say that you like Atlanta this week at, at Seattle? Yeah, I do. Um, I think this Atlanta team is going to be feisty against the spread all year. Obviously got really lucky last week with that backed epic backdoor cover against the Rams, but you know, Mar- I, the thing I like about Mariotti brings you some mobility. You don't have the best offensive line. And, you know, you have some talented pieces, Patterson, Pitts, and I really like Drake London. So this offense is not completely inept. The defense isn't great, but you do have good corners. And you have, you, you know, you have one of the best corners in the NFL. So that's like a good foundation to start with. It's also important against the Seahawks. I haven't been able to run the ball at all. You have corners that can cover their receivers. And you have a defense coordinator in Dean Pease, who historically, in you know, very complex defense, a lot of uh, disguised looks, and cha- historically, his teams have really, really struggled in year one, and just trying to pick up what he's trying to do. And then there's a m- 
massive improvement in year two. So you could see that defense, despite a lack of talent, especially on the front seven, take a big step forward here. You have good corners. You can go a long way. And this Seattle team, it, it's just void of talent. I mean, outside of the Texans, it's, probably, it's the worst team in the NFL, in my opinion. I mean, they're starting a backup quarterback. And a lot of people have that Broncos game in their mind. Uh, the Broncos gained 440 yards. The Seahawks had 250 and won that game because the Broncos could not figure out how to score from the one yard line over. Still, and over still, again. Can, still can't, Stucky. I don't know if you've seen their still red zone can't. Yeah, still can't. Um, so they they were just <clears throat> going up and down the field, and um, they were they dominated that game. And then you see Seattle last week and uh, against San Francisco, and yeah, I mean they could they could dunk, and that's about all they could do. They couldn't run the ball, couldn't get any stops. This, this, this defense is bad. The offensive line is bad. You had a couple good receivers, but Atlanta actually matches up well in that department. So, yeah, I think the Falcons get it done here, pick up their first win of the season on the road. Okay, let's go uh, Minnesota hosting Detroit. Obviously, I think we, we've learned a lesson that we knew, but it just got hammered home. You know, Cousins, primetime game, be leery, be worried, but the guy thrives, and I mean thrives at, for us West Coasters, 10 a.m. And, you know, you look up, he's got three or four touchdowns. One of the top fantasy points, his team's crushing. Now, I know you like the Falcons. I, I've looked at uh, Detroit a lot like you look at Atlanta. I think they're a feisty team. You give me anything over a field goal against a team that I don't view as like a power, um, I, I think I'm going to take them just because, one, they don't quit so they can have some of the backdoor cover style, Atlanta style. And I, I just, I, I said coming in, you know, is Minnesota probably going to be a wild card team? Yeah, but I think they got some flaws. Their secondary is very questionable. Uh, but Cousins in the morning, he's usually much better. But I, I like this Detroit team. I mean, they, they can score. Uh, they, they, they just feel a lot better. I, I like Detroit in the points here. Yeah, I mean, I can see how someone can make a case for Detroit here. But I actually, I think we're getting Minnesota cheap after what we saw on Monday night at home, still one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. And, you know, you mentioned Cousins being better in, in the daytime. He also has historically has been great bouncing back uh, from uh, a loss. He's 34 and 21 against the spread in his career. That's 62% after a straight up loss, 20 and 10 against the spread after he failed to cover by a touchdown or more in the previous week. So when he, really doesn't live up to expectations the next week he does usually bounce back also this is a really good matchup for the vikings offense it's you know the, and the eagles did run some man on third a lot of man on third down last year last week but the eagles run predominantly zone and if you look at kirk cousins numbers historically he shreds man shreds man and really struggles against zone defenses this lions team has generally over the past year plus been a man press team they just don't have the corner. I mean, the defense is really bad. They have a couple young, intriguing pieces with Hutchinson. Malcolm Rodriguez, a linebacker, might have been the steal of the draft. But the secondary is still a mess. They shouldn't be able to cover anyone on this Minnesota team. And when I look when I look back at, you know, last year, Minnesota was favored by 10 at home against the Lions. Now, the Lions are better. I agree. And all they do is cover. And this team just gets in every backdoor possible when needed. I think Campbell's now 13 and six against the spread, but they, the Vikings were minus 10 last year without Dalvin cook. Dalvin cook was out for the, didn't play because he was hurt. Now the lions are better, but I think so are the Vikings from a coaching standpoint. 
they also had a lot of injuries on defense last year. But I love the hire of O'Connell. I think they'll run a lot more efficient offense. He'll make a lot more, you know, plus EV decisions as far as like when to kick, when to go for it, things like that. So I love the hire of him. I think it's a good matchup for the Minnesota offense. And I think we're getting them cheap here um, at six. I think you can find a five and a half. But the Lions are, look, uh, I was on the Lions last week. I'm probably going to be on them a bunch, so I agree with you for the most part. And don't fault you for being on them here. Uh, Even if the Vikings are up 10 late, I'm sure the Lions are going to get on the field and lose by three. So I'll be scared there. But uh, I think it's just a, a good time to buy Minnesota. I, I think we got agreement on this next game. It's fair to say Tennessee, you know, I, I don't blame them necessarily for trading A.J. Brown. They're in a tough spot. Their quarterback, they were stuck money-wise. Uh, now, do I ever like trading star players? No, but clearly they thought they knew him better than anyone else, and it's kind of backfired through two games, and he's clearly a dominant player, and they miss him, and they look a shell of themselves. Uh, the Raiders, while 0-2 like the Titans, if you've watched them, they they clearly are not bad, right? I mean, they have a lot of players on a lot of different positions. They have a star wide receiver, their quarterback solid, even though he fucked up in the uh, in the first game throwing those picks in the second half. But they, they do not look like a five or six win team. But I, the one thing that makes me nervous about the Raiders is just Josh McDaniels. You know, I, I saw Derek Carr and Crosby and Renfro. Like I know those guys can win. We obviously know Devontae Adams can win. The question mark is the head coach. You know, it's just it's just a fact, even though we all think like, oh, it should be an easier transition. He's done it before. He'll battle back. Last week was an embarrassment for them. Uh, now, some of that's Kyler Murray pulling, you know, what out of his butt running around. But still, I, I, I'm with you here, though. I, I would take the Raiders and the points. The one thing that would make me a little nervous, though, is historically, you know, the Raiders traveling far. These early morning games can be a little hit or miss in, in Carr's career. but. They're at the point now for a team that if they're going to want to make the playoffs in the AFC, like you ain't going to battle back 0 and 3 or 1 and 5. Like this is must win territory immediately. Yeah. This is, yeah, they have, they have to have this game. And, you know, if you're in like the, maybe if you're in the AFC South, you could still win the division. What would you um, get? What would you guess wins the AFC South? Seven wins, maybe? The, yeah. Seven or eight wins. I think the Jags might, might actually do it. Um, this Titans team is you know it, it's it's bad and uh, look they, they've had they were pretty fortunate last year to get the one seed they're winning a ton of close games and but if you look at the roster losing aj brown is huge now you lose your left tackle who's presumably out and taylor lawan his backup last week gave up nine pressure gave up more pressures in relief than lawan had in the nine previous games so what what else then you were you relying on rookie receivers your left tackles hurt you lost your top edge rusher before before the season started, your cornerback group is very rookie reliant. These are all the most important positions in the NFL. So what do you have? You have Derek Henry who do, who looks like a shell of himself. Slow, lot lot of miles on that car, and the offensive line is all young. And now you lost your best offensive lineman. Raiders run defense has been good this week, and the thing you fear about the Raiders is okay, their second their corners can be exploited a little bit, but Tennessee's not going to do that, and. The Raiders' strength is their edge rush. Well, now you're going up against backup tackle, and you might be moving a rookie guard over to tackle. Like it's, they're going to be able to get after the quarterback here. Henry is, doesn't look like he's capable of just winning this game on his own anymore. And on the other side, Carr should get enough time. This Tennessee defense, especially without Landry, isn't going to get a ton of pressure. And the weak point of the Raiders' 
probably team is their offensive line. Don't have to worry about that as much against Tennessee. And then they're going to have enormous uh, plus matchups on the outside. I mean, you saw what Diggs did last week. They had undrafted rookie Trey Avery trying to cover him. So their secondary is also a mess. So, yeah, I mean, you look at Tennessee, they have not looked good in any phase. I was low on them coming into the year. The Raiders could have easily beat the Chargers on the road in week one. They actually had more yards per play. The game was basically a coin flip. And then they took their foot off the gas against Arizona, up 20 to nothing at the half, or 38-0 in franchise history when leading by 20-plus at the half. And then it took a bunch of flukes at the end, right? You have the two-point conversion, the review, the, the fumble, return for a touchdown, they could easily be 2-0. and up. And then we'd be having a whole different conversation about the Raiders here. There's no other conversation to have about the Titans right now, in my opinion, other than what, you know, when are we going to see Malik Willis, if ever? Uh, because I think it's, it's just all downhill for the Titans. So, yeah, it's a, it's a spot where it's like two desperate teams. Neither is covered yet. They're both 0-2. But I trust the Raiders a lot more, and I think they have major um, – matchup advantages on both sides of the ball. How about the uh, the fade of September, which I, I think is already kind of sticking out like a sore thumb this week, huh? Yeah, it's uh, the, it's got to be the Colts here. They are, and if you look at any, really any trend over the past 30 years in the NFL, if you just, just without doing anything else, blindly bet the teams that are 0-2, um, that were winless, I should say, because the Colts did tie winless and haven't covered a game yet in week three as an underdog, uh, you're going to come out way on top. And underdogs after a shutout, by the way, in the NFL, just keep that in mind. Whenever an underdog, a team gets shut out in the NFL and they're an underdog the next week, 63% over the past 25 years. A team's off a shutout loss as three-plus point underdogs in a non-division game, 51-13-3 and three since 1990. Just speaks to the over, the week-to-week. The, oh, this team got shut out by the Jags. They stink. Now, look, the Colts have not looked good. Is that, is, that against the, is that against the spread or straight up? Against the, the spread. 51. Against the spread. 51, 13, and three. Look, the Colts, they haven't looked great, but this look ahead line was two and a half, three. And now it got up to seven at one point and get six out there now. But the Colts haven't been playing with their full deck of receivers. They should get back. Haven't been playing with the leader of their defense, so they should get back here. And teams are just never as bad as they look in the NFL. You just have to keep that in mind. Home, the, like they're coming home, home opener, desperate team, playing a Chiefs team that, by the way, has not been great at covering these spreads. Mahomes 10, I think he's, he's 10, 14, and 1 against the spread as a touchdown. We're six-plus point favorite in his career. And this Chiefs defense is still extremely vulnerable. I think Taylor can get going here. The Colts will be able to sustain drives, control the clock, move the ball at will on the ground. They'll have some of their receivers back. And this Chiefs offense still has questions without Tyreek Hill. Like, like the perception of the Chiefs, I think, is way too high right now. They went in week one and beat an Arizona team playing with their scout team. They had, I don't know, eight starters out. It was not, it was an exhibition game. The next week, the Chargers dropped two picks, wide open picks. They have two others that get overturned on BS flags. And the Chiefs offense did not look great. The Chargers easily, easily. Could have, I think, should have won that game. So it's not like the Chiefs have been some juggernaut so far. Now going on the road, and this line goes up four to five points from the look-ahead line. I think this is a prime spot to get the Colts. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just this, these week three 
winless teams as home dogs. Just keep that in mind in the future. It doesn't mean they'll cover. Like a lot of times when I give out these stats, it's like 60, 62% historically. So of course there's going to be some that lose. And then sometimes there's just teams that are way worse than anyone anticipated. And the market still isn't caught. Which could be the Colts could be a five win team. Yeah. Could be the Colts, but I'm willing to take a stab here. Um, on the Colts in this spot on Frank Reich, who is uh, nine, three and one against the spread as an underdog of over a field goal in his career. Well, Stucky, enjoy your uh, Tito's Red Bull this weekend and uh, we will talk soon. Absolutely. Good luck, brother. volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.